Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Shit Show. zingers we need to make sure that they get recorded and ruby uses them as the opening to the podcast kia ora everyone welcome back to the shit show squish do we have a do we have a tagline for the shit show um if we do i haven't done my homework and i don't remember it if we do we haven't been hosting this thing for about three years or maybe more um okay well welcome back to the shit show how about you leave a review? As a review, leave what you think the tagline should be for the shit show. Because we asked you for reviews last week. I have to say, maybe some of you rated, but we didn't see any reviews. There was one review I saw, and I don't think it would make a very good tagline. It was just uninformed dribble, which actually, maybe it would make a good tagline. <laughs> like, okay, that's what Tinkerbell does. A cat. <laughs> She, she's a, that was not a good joke. Um, okay, the shit show, turning the news into uninformed dribble, dribble or drivel. Uh, well, the review said dribble, oh. um, but anyway, I think we might need to do a little bit of workshopping on this yes, off air. I think so too. But if you want to, um, I don't know, drown out that that bad review, maybe drop in, drop into Apple Podcast reviews and leave something nice if you feel like it. No pressure. Anyway, my first note to myself on here is, Lucy, do housekeeping. By housekeeping, I mean tell you all what Squish and I are actually going to talk about today because, Squish, we don't often do this, do we? No, not really. No, never actually. It's a nice little surprise. A nice little surprise. Squish, I think this can be your job. Alrighty, so we're going to have a couple of weirdest things. We're not going to tell you about them. As usual, we've got a hot girl headlines. We're going to run through those nice and quickly. We're going to have a little chat about Sam Altman. Who is he? What has he done? Where has he gone? And is he coming back? Uh, SpaceX launched a rocket. Did it come back? And we're going to finish off with the latest on Israel Hamas. So should we get on with it? Yes, Squish. First of all, that was really good. There's a little bit of work in terms of it sort of felt like you were doing an auction because your your speaking got very quick. But I, I am say, my father's son. Anyway, Squish, weirdest thing. What is the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? My weirdest thing, Luce, George Santos, the uh, representative for New York, uh, spending his campaign funds on OnlyFans, trips to the casinos, uh, shopping at high-end retailers, and Botox treatments. Yeah. So I saw this story. I was really hoping that you'd bring it for the weirdest thing, or we could have talked about it in Hot Girl Headlines, because he's low-key trying to be a hot girl. But... For anyone that's sort of wanting a bit of context, the House Ethics Committee looked into like his financial spending with donors' money and squish. There was quite a few 
unique things in there that maybe he shouldn't have been using Tony's money to buy. He spent three and a half grand on our Airbnb in the Hamptons. He spent money on spa days. He went to Sephora, which is like a big makeup store, Hermes, OnlyFans. Obviously, this guy's not the greatest dude, but man, his spending is kind of iconic. You know when it was COVID times and your contact tracing, like you were tracing where you'd been and if you got COVID, like it went on the news, like this person went to Liquorland, Burger King, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that embarrassing level of, I mean, obviously he should have realised that his spending could be made public because he's a representative. I just don't think, I just don't think he cares. Yeah, that's true. There is a level of like, like he's winning the I don't give a fuck wars. Mm. Speaking of an iconic dude who's not actually iconic but is winning the I don't give a fuck war, my weirdest thing is, and Nick, I wonder if you've heard of this, tech mogul Brian Johnson undergoes shock therapy on penis to get erections of an 18-year-old. Have you heard of this dude? Yeah, I've heard of Brian Johnson. Yeah, so Brian went viral like at the start of the year maybe because he has been doing some really controversial and weird stuff to slow down his biological clock. He basically wants to be younger. He swapped plasma with who he calls his personal blood boy, his 17-year-old son back in May. Like he ba- he literally Ugh. got his son's plasma put in his body to try and be younger. So anyway, the latest thing that he's done, because he's obsessed with anti-aging, is get shock therapy on his genitals uh, because he wants to reverse age his penis by 15 years. He is a 46-year-old biohacker. He spends $2 million each year on various treatments to fight off what he calls father time. And this latest one, I don't know, it's crazy. He he calls it focused shockwave therapy, and he's says that he's doing it to thwart erectile dysfunction and he went on like a huge podcast diary of a ceo and talked about this like actively spoke about this he said that the treatment is painful he describes the pain as a seven out of ten but a nine out of ten at the tip um he showed off a small sensor device that he straps to his penis to measure the duration and the strength of his erections for three to five nights in a row every month to, like, track how the progress has been going. What? So he said, to get to the level of an 18-year-old, I would need three hours and 30 minutes of nighttime erections. So that's the goal we're trying to achieve with this shock therapy. Squish, does it sound like something you would be into uh, as a 46-year-old? No, you're not 46, but maybe when you're 46. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think... Um... Well, especially if it's a 7 out of 10, 9 out of 10 at the tip in terms of pain. Like, <laughs> no. But men do have low pain tolerances. Yeah, the, and especially probably on that region. But, like, no. I mean, it's a cool experiment this guy's doing. What? Well, just in general. Like, he's probably the only person in the world that's had all of this stuff done. But do you think that's cool? And what if he actually lives to 180? I think it's interesting. Like, Yeah, it grosses me out. But I also think it feeds into this, like anti-aging like everyone is so scared of aging and it's like oh we all do it like just embrace it oh and he's totally he's totally creepy like, oh he's totally creepy but like you heard it here first everyone nick is thinking that some weird dudes are cool oh or maybe you just need to get some different but, but, adjectives <laughs> yeah i use cool as probably 
Probably too broad. Too broad. Anyway, speaking of cool, the opposite of that is hot. We're going to do some hot girl headlines, which is where we run through a few headlines for the hot girls that don't have time to read the news. Because reading the news is hot. And Squish, I don't know, have you heard about the new um, far-right outsider who is looking like he's going to become Argentina's new president? Yeah, this guy isn't cool. He's... uh... Actually, really bizarre. He is, yeah, low-key insane. His name is Javier Malay, um, and, yeah, he is kind of eccentric. So he is set to become Argentina's new president. He's been likened to both Wolverine and Trump and nicknamed the Madman. He is a former TV pundit. He is known for his prolific swearing and pledged to take a chainsaw to the machinery of the state. He's sort of a economist, but quite a quite an out there economist, or like a pundit. He like you know makes predictions mm-hmm. on the economy, etc. He's also been likened to Boris Johnson and the killer doll Chucky. So he has a very distinct and weird appearance like massive sort of sideburns kind of mixed with a bowl cut and like a very angry sort of ravenous dog like face yes that's a really good description a ravenous dog like face like a little freaking chihuahua that's like rabbit yeah yeah and he sort of yells and yeah yaps 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 around yeah so there was a really good article in The Guardian about this, and um, when it was talking about his time on Argentinian TV shows, that uh, the journalist wrote he would talk about both the misery of inflation and the joy of tantric sex. So, I mean, I'm sorry for the, like sort of the weird stories I'm bringing to this episode, but uh, he's been known to say, each man has his own dynamic. In my particular case, I ejaculate every three months. That could explain a couple of things about... Yeah, but tantric sex... Squish is like, it's also known as sex, sexual, sexual, this is such a weird thing to be talking about on here, sexual yoga. So maybe every three months is is something to boast about. Anyway, that's what he's been talking about on here. Bear in mind, everyone, this is about to be the president. Um, now, in this Guardian article, the journalist also said that there might be a lot of buyer's remorse in Argentina if... He pursues even a small fraction of ideas because some of his ideas include legalizing the sale of human organs, dramatically slashing social spending. So there was a video that I saw of him being like, ministry for this, gone, for this, gone. Yeah, just batting them off the wall. Yes. Um, Downplaying the crimes of Argentina's 1976 to 1983 dictatorship. He wants to cut ties with Argentina's two most important trade partners, Brazil and China. And on the campaign trail, he did say that he would abolish Argentina's central bank and dollarize the economy. Uh, I'm not sure what dollarizing the economy actually means. Everyone's question to you. Basically, I think it means he wants to get rid of the current Argentinian currency and just use the US dollar instead. Right. So he's he's got some wild ideas, whether they come to fruition or not. I'm not sure. But according to the people that didn't vote for him, he is a person who does not understand the political system, neither electoral nor executive. He has no experience of governing a city or a municipality. How do we expect him to govern a country? Kind of, Nick, feels in line with the scary trend that we do see of populists becoming... Mm. political or like 
non-political people becoming political leaders. So it's one of our hot girl headlines. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Next hot girl headline, advertisers flee X, previously known as Twitter, as outcry over Musk's endorsement of anti-Semitic post grows. I've been following this story as I've been seeing a lot of the journalists that I respect basically come out and say they are leaving X and they're leaving X for good because basically Elon Musk, the latest thing was he endorsed this anti-Semitic conspiracy theory saying that it was the actual truth. I don't really want to go too far into it because it would be quite hurtful for some listeners, I imagine, but people like Disney, Apple, Paramount, Lionsgate, a lot of the big companies that probably gave X some of the remaining income that they even were still making because we all know it's kind of gone in the toilet. They have all halted their marketing. People are pulling out of the platform. Elon Musk is just like a, a terrible. He's just a terrible person. He's sort of losing his mind a little bit on there. So that's what's happening on that social media site. But I have seen Squish that Threads is actually doing pretty well out of this. Is it? Well, a lot of the journalists that um, are leaving there. I mean, doing pretty well in terms of getting people with smart thoughts to go over there. Maybe not mainstream, but yeah. I've actually been spending a bit of time on Threads as well because, yeah, people I trust are going over there. I guess I'm not a smart person because I haven't thought about Threads in a while. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd actually find it quite interesting. Anyway, that's just the update on Elon Musk's latest moves. Nick, you've got something in here about Binance. What the hell is Binance? Yes. Uh, Binance is or was, no, I guess is, the largest cryptocurrency exchange after FTX fell over. But of course, everything is not necessarily what it seems because their billionaire CEO just pled guilty to money laundering charges. <laughs> Honestly. So the billionaire Changping Zhao, known as CZ, um, in the leading cryptocurrency exchange Binance, they pleaded guilty on Tuesday to federal charges in a watershed moment designed to bring order to the often lawless crypto industry. So basically what the deal was, Binance allowed bad actors to just freely use the platform and they sort of turned a bl blind eye to it. So like terrorist financing like ISIS, Al-Qaeda oh. were using Binance's platform to pay and transact for things. Oh, shit. Um, and allegedly, well, not even allegedly, they turned a blind eye to it because it was good business. So Yeah. Um, and now they've pled guilty to doing that, eh? Yeah. I mean, he has a – well, CZ has a fortune of like $23 billion. So the, ten, the maximum of 10 years behind bars would probably be more of a deterrent than the $4 billion fine. Yeah. It sort of seems as if his sentence is going to be about 18 months. So not <sighs> quite the FTX – robbery of billions of dollars of funds but still not great and not good signs for the crypto industry oh well honestly it's just 
crypto just feels like a fever dream. Like crypto feels like a fever dream. And now we're getting all these repercussions, like every week it's like, Mm -hmm. anyway, Squish, moving on from the hot girl headlines, there has been a big story unfolding in tech slash AI, which as we know, has kind of taken over from crypto as the thing that everyone's obsessed with. But it feels like AI might be here to stay a little bit longer. We've both been following the story that's been very up and down and interesting. And turns out Microsoft seems to have kind of come out on top of all of it. But Sam Altman, who was the CEO of OpenAI, was and now is again, but we'll to that. Um, He was pushed out a couple of days ago from this big and important role. So Sam Altman is kind of, what, would you say like the father of it? Like the face of AI? Yeah. He's kind of like what Steve Jobs was to Apple and like personal computing. Steve Altman is to AI. Yeah. And so he co-founded OpenAI, um, which is the company behind ChatGPT and like the big famous company that when you think of artificial intelligence you probably think of he co-founded it with Elon Musk and a few other people and he sort of has this like mission or idea of AI that you should just keep going and keep pushing through whereas some people are kind of like oh we should slow down and like try and figure out how this is going to be damaging to the world sort of thing not in like a bad way but I think just in a way that yeah, it's probably also important to note that OpenAI was founded under the guise of like developing the AI so that they can learn about it. Um, it was more of a it was yeah. a it was founded as a non profit. As a research. Yeah, research organization, I guess, to 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 research AI, and they started developing these consumer products and started partnering with people like Microsoft. That's when a couple of the original co founders, like Elon Musk, became a little bit disenfranchised and left. And the kind of it's, it's quite important to note that OpenAI has kind of morphed from this nonprofit to this basically the next big thing in tech, essentially. Yeah, so it was started as sort of a research-based project or whatever we want to call it, and it moved into, as we all know, this is huge fucking tech company. And the thing that was interesting about all of this is that it never really came out like why he was why he was fired or why he was stood down as CEO. Um, In a blog post on the website on the day that he was, it was announced, um, OpenAI, the board said, Mr. Altman's departure follows a deliberate review process by the board, which concluded that he was not consistently candid in his communications with the board, hindering its ability to exercise its responsibilities. The board no longer has confidence in his ability to continue leading OpenAI. People, as I was saying before, people, and it seems like the board, um, think that Sam Altman may have been too focused on building OpenAI's business while not paying enough attention to the dangers of it, which might be why, Squish, in quite a big pivot, the new interim CEO was named as former Twitch CEO and co-founder Emmett Shear, who takes quite a different approach to AI Mm. than Sam. Spoiler alert. 
Emmett Shear wasn't really interim CEO for very long, but when it was named that he, it was going to be him, he said, I'm in favour of a slowdown. We can't learn how to build a safe AI without experimenting and we can't experiment without progress, but we probably shouldn't be barreling ahead at max speed either. Before they brought Emmett in as the new CEO, there were talks of them trying to get like sort of backtracking on their firing of Sam Altman. Um, but that didn't go through. And then Squish, Microsoft, who are big partners. Yeah, big partners, big investors. I think they've they've done like a ten billion dollar deal with OpenAI. So they're they're probably the the leading the leading partner. And Microsoft Bing uses Chat GPT like they're quite um enmeshed with each other, aren't they? Yeah. And so Microsoft tweeted that they had hired both Sam Altman, the ousted CEO, and Greg Brockman, who was a co-founder and a board member who was also sort of kicked off the board, um, to lead a new advanced AI research team. So basically Microsoft were like, oh, you don't want him. You don't want them. We'll take them. And then Squish, about 700 open AI employees, which was 95% of the company, threatened to quit unless the company's board of directors resigned and rehired Sam Altman. Um, otherwise, it was likely that they would go over to Microsoft and join Sam over at the new venture. So people wanted Sam around. Yeah, and this all happened over like the space of 48 hours, and it was on a weekend. Yeah. So they've all got mad respect for Sam Altman. Like For everyone to like rally around their boss like that, it's kind of unprecedented yeah and so i saw so many tech reporters over this like 48 hours just scrambling being like what the fuck is that board doing like why is this happening anyway the latest at the time of recording is i woke up this morning to a notification saying sam altman to return as open ai ceo and i was like what the fuck and open ai had said um that it has reached an agreement in principle for Altman's return, the startup is also reforming its board, eliminating several members who faced intense scrutiny for their decision over firing him. Um, and Squish Sam tweeted, I love OpenAI and everything I've done over the past few days has been in service of keeping this team and its mission together. When I decided to join Microsoft on Sunday evening, it was super clear that that was the best path for me and the team. With the new board and with such as support, who's the CEO of Microsoft. I'm looking forward to returning to OpenAI and building on our strong partnership with Microsoft. So anyway, it was all just a bit of a runaround. And now Sam's back with a new board maybe soon. Yeah, something to talk about. I mean, it was inevitable, I think, for OpenAI to return him as CEO. Like CEO. All the employees wanted it. He wanted it. And the only way for the board to stop the entire thing from collapsing was to reinstate him, honestly. like, yes. and for They got rid of him for no good reason. Like They haven't actually yeah. explained the reason why he was ousted as CEO in the first place, which is just bizarre. Like, unless it was something like horrific that he had done, like not even in regards to business, like you'd at least say that in a statement. But I know. it was really just like nothing from them. So... It'll be interesting to find out what the reasons are. I mean, they never even told uh, Emmett Shear, the the incoming CEO, what the reasons were, and he asked. So it's just 
It's totally bizarre. It's seriously bizarre. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's really bizarre and it baffled everyone on my timeline. And I actually saw a lot of people being like, this was such a waste of time. It made the OpenAI board look really stupid. And Sam's back and what was that all for? All of those resources, everything. Anyway, Squish, something else that I'm not sure if it was a waste of time or not because I haven't actually heard about it. Some sort of rocket, some sort of space thing happened? Mm-hmm. Spacing, you know, I'm not on the shit show if I don't talk about space. So yeah. SpaceX had the second test launch of their massive new rocket Starship on the weekend. Um, and oh my God, I don't know if you've seen any photos of the slows, but it would have to be one of the most visually impressive things I've ever seen in my life. So this thing, it's... Uh, it launches out of the bottom of Texas, right down by the Mexican border. Uh, it's 120 meters tall, which is like the Statue of Liberty stacked on top of something else that's really tall. It's massive. <laughs> it's shiny and frosty. It's stainless steel. And it goes up into the sky on this big column of purple flames. It's so cool. I would seriously like recommend looking up some pictures or searching it up on YouTube if you don't know what I'm talking about. Or if you've never seen it. So Starship is basically made up of two major components. Uh, the booster and the rocket ship on top. Last time they did this test, the booster, it didn't work so well. A lot of the engines sort of shit out. And it didn't get quite as high as they wanted. This time it worked perfectly. All 33 engines lit at the same time. They all went for the full minute and a half. And then it separated. That's when it started to turn to shit though a little bit. Oh. So the booster's meant to come back to Earth and land like the Falcon 9 does, just on its engines and it lands. Um, it was going to land in the sea, but I th- the engines didn't really relight up in the atmosphere, so SpaceX blew it up, which is still pretty cool. The second bit is the Starship, and it's the actual like, rocket ship that goes to space that people will be on one day. And technically it got to space this time. Last time it sort of tumbled around and just blew up, but it didn't spend much time there. It went off track a little bit, and then SpaceX blew that up too. It all falls down into the uh, into the ocean and burns up, so it's it's okay. No, that sounds bad. It's going that high and that fast that it burns up in the atmosphere, so it doesn't uh, litter. Okay, it, it doesn't litter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what's the point of sending shit like that up basically the goal of this it's a pretty big one is to make life multi-planetary so this eventually will be the thing that takes humans to mars in the nearer term it's gonna um it's an integral part of nasa's return to the moon so that's in the near term in the next in the next couple of years but eventually mars is the goal i think space freaks me out and then the whole idea of like us colonizing mars and like who gets to own or like who if like gets to claim it, like so, mm. will it happen in our lifetime? Uh, hopefully, I mean, if all goes well, I mean, SpaceX are trying to go really fast. If all goes well, probably ten years before they're launching these things. With- um, I'm like, why do we want to go to Mars? Is it because we're ruining the planet here? It's kind of cool, like inspiring. Yeah, like you love space. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, fuck, that freaks me out. I mean, yeah, it is pretty freaky. Especially watching this thing explode. You wouldn't want to be sitting on it. But maybe not as freaky as the type of things that happen fucking right here on the planet that we live in. So, Squish, we have an update that we got today about what's happening in Gaza as per Al Jazeera, which is where this information's from. After more than six weeks of fighting that has, as we know, destroyed extensive areas of Gaza and killed 
thousands uh, of people, Israel and Hamas have agreed to a four-day truce. So what this truce means is that both both sides have agreed to a pause in fighting. In exchange, Hamas has agreed to release 50 civilian women and children out of the 237 captives that they've taken hostage. Um, As part of the deal, Israel has also agreed to release 150 Palestinian women and children from its prisons. Qatar, who were the people mediating the deal, um, has said that the deal would allow an increase in the flow of humanitarian aid into Gaza. Um, Squish, Israel has said it's willing to extend the pause beyond the four-day period, adding one day for every 10 additional hostages released by Hamas. Isn't it just is a pause, like the way that it's being thought about, like a quid pro quo, like you release this many people and we'll do this much of a pause. It's so dehumanising, eh? It is, but it's just kind of how diplomacy works, right? Like the most valuable thing yeah. is human life. So it's kind of being used as a currency in this in this conflict, right? Oh, it, yeah, it's just so fucked up. So Israeli, so Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said that he leaned on Joe Biden to secure a better deal for Israel, thanking Joe Biden for his efforts. Um, but Netanyahu also made it clear that the country was not ending its war on Gaza and that the stopping of fighting was only temporary because Netanyahu is the worst. So as of right now, the truce isn't in force. Um, fighting has continued. Qatar said that the start time of this truce would be declared within the next 24 hours. So by the time you're listening to it, to this, we'll know whether it started, whether it's gone ahead or what's come out of this. But it is, I, I wouldn't go as far to say it's like a positive sign, but it's like some sort of pro- progress mm. that we've seen in any of this. Um, and all of that's from Al Jazeera, so if you want to go and read more, go there, I would say. It seems like a weird concept that you can just, like, stop a war for a couple of days and then start it again. Like, yes. just stop it for good. Yeah, I know. And frustrating to watch and definitely much more devastating to be a part of. And on that squish, I wish that I'd brought a good news story to end on but i'll tell you what it just it slipped my mind maybe the good news is that this episode's done and people can go and leave us a review (laughs) bit of a stretch but sure (laughs) maybe the good news is they get to hear us again next week or maybe the good news is just that you're gonna go and have a really good day after this even you don't look convinced by that I'll try find one next week, probably related to a beer. Oh, actually, yeah. That, that's why this episode's feeling random, because we mm. haven't got squished with his animal stories. Yeah. And that is how we should introduce you next week. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. If you didn't, it's all right. Just click out of it, and thanks for giving us the listen. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 